Hi, I'm Maggie. Hi, I'm Grace, and this is A Very Bookish Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to A Very Bookish Podcast. This is episode 15. I'm so excited. Dude, I feel like every time we realize what episode we're on, we kind of, it just like boggles our mind. It's been this long. It, it feels weird because it feels like 2021 has gone by so fast because it's already March, but then it's gone by so slow. It really has. It feels like January was like yesterday, but it also feels like it was six months ago. Yeah. A lot's happened in that time. That's why it's so jam-packed. Um, <clears throat> quick update on me really quickly. Um, if you notice, my wall is orange. For those of you listening, my wall is orange. Yes, it is. Um, <clears throat> I am currently remodeling my home. Um, I moved. I am officially a homeowner, partial homeowner now. Um, and yeah, I'm still, um, we're remodeling right now. We have been putting in floor, we've been painting, we've been putting in tile, doing a lot of stuff. Very, very busy. That's why I haven't been active on TikTok or on um, Bookstagram because I've been busy. Um, Yeah, that's basically what I've been doing. And I've been listening to audiobooks nonstop because that's the only way to get through all of the work that I've been doing. But yeah, that's basically it. I literally just finished the book that we're going to talk about today, maybe 30 minutes ago. An hour ago. We finished an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but that's me. It's typical me. Late, as always. I don't think I've ever been on time or something. You know what it is? It's either I am an hour early to something, or I'm like, 15, 20 minutes late. There's no in-between. I don't know what it is. I mean, you did start it on what? Monday? Tuesday. Tuesday. So it's been, what, two days of, three days of reading, which is fast for you. So I commend you on that for being able to read it within three days. But I mean, you did listen to the audiobook, but I also listen to the audiobook on two times speed and you don't. So like when you were telling me like where parts you were getting to, I was getting confused because I was like, wait, how is it taking her this long to read? And then I remembered, I was like, crap, she reads at one time speed. No, 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 I no. Read. No, wait, 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 wait. Don't do me like that. Don't do me like that. I don't read at 1x speed. I read at 1.5. That's still so slow. Okay, okay. But to be fair, to be fair, like about like maybe two days. No, I started it on Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, I was just like, dang, I got to speed it up. So I put it on 2x speed. And for like an hour, I was sitting there getting accustomed to the speed because like I was reading it on Access 360 Mm -hmm. which is the library app where um Maggie and I share it and the speed the speedometer it only goes like one 1.5 or two you just cut out oh I did yeah okay what I was saying is it jumps from one 1.5 two speed 
And so usually I'll go like up a scale, like a point every time I'm reading or listening. So I get accustomed to the speed on the audiobook. But this one, I had to sit down, put it on to X speed and like follow the book. So my mind like sped up. And then like after an hour, I was on 2X speed the rest of the book. That's why today I literally went through like half of the book in maybe like, I want to say four hours total. I know because I texted you today and I was like, you're only halfway through the book. I remember because I, I swiped up on your Snapchat story and I was like, Grace, you're only halfway through the book. We have to film tonight. Like, how are you going to do it? And I was surprised that when you texted me that you'd finished, I was like, okay, she listened a lot faster this time. Because when you were text when you were texting me about certain plot points and I was like, oh, that part, spoiler alert, this is definitely a whole spoiler episode, but when you were talking about her- wait, she- wait, wait, wait. I don't think we talked about what book we're, we're, we're oh, going into. Yes, right. we should say that first. <laughs> so uh, today we are diving into We Hunt the Flame by- uh... Hafsa. Fazali, Fazal. It it's one of those names where I can see it and recognize it, but I can't say it. I need I, to say it. Uh, let me see if I can find out. Well, it's I'm gonna pull it up on the audiobook. Oh, there you go. Um, okay, the audiobook. It is the exact same narrators as an ember in the ashes and that's why i read this book so fast is because i love love the audiobook especially the guy i forgot his name i always look him up every single time you don't expect him to be who he actually is like he's a white guy but his voice i'm not hating on white men but you don't expect him to be a white guy. I mean, I guess that's stereotypical, but I'm just saying I didn't expect him to look the way he did. Hafsa? Hafsa. 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 Yeah, I'm just going to say Hafsa. I actually follow her on TikTok and I... Go on her lives a bunch. Um, she's only 25-ish. She's very young. Props to her. I know. Love her. Okay. She's so funny, too. Her TikToks are funny. Okay. They are. Uh, but yeah, the audiobook, top tier. It's one of my favorite audiobooks. And, um, but I'm going to save that for my overall thoughts. Okay. But yes, we did go, I did go through it very, very fast. I am very proud of myself. You guys should give me a round of applause because, you know, it takes me a week to get into any book. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because like, like I saw the hours ticking by and like the last chunk of the book, like I want to say the last maybe 10 chapters because those chapters are very like two page, three page. Um, so the last, like maybe... 30 pages, I was trying to keep up on the audiobook without the book. And I was like, hold up, too much is happening right now. I need the book in front of me. But I was able to finish it at dinner while telling my parents and my aunt, which, you know. It's okay. I did that for um, these Violent Delights. I finished while I was at brunch with my family. And I was like, 
I sat there and I was just like. Oh, yeah. And then, like, I, making those shocked faces, those like, <gasps> oh, you know, those sounds that you do. And your family just going like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was funny because, like, my aunt, uh, my tia, she's, she's the one that has read um, Caravel. And she recently finished it, like, a, maybe a month ago. And she started asking me about you know, what happens next. And I have to give her legendary because i think she's gonna read it before i do you have the books i sent you the books i do so i'll probably give it to her for her to read it because she's just like what's gonna happen with this person and that person and all these things and i'm just like i don't know i haven't read it yet but so when i was making all those gas at dinner she's just like what happened did somebody die was it heartbreaking was it happy ending was it mysterious was it and i'm just like no, it's just. I honestly forgot the whole plot of the last book. I haven't even read it yet. Yeah, I, I know the second one is about Caraval. I mean, Caraval. Legend. Tess. And Tess. Yeah. Tess. No. Donatella. Do Why did I think Tess? Yeah. I'm sorry, where did Tess come from in my mind? Yeah. <laughs> where did Tess come from? So we're going to get back to this. Yes. Oh, let me update you on my week. Um, I've dyed my hair now. So instead of being purple, it's now like a reddish Merlot fuchsia combination. Um, I just used the Arctic Fox uh wrath um hair dye color and i put it all over like my like black and then my purple and it really meshed well with the purple you can't really see it on here but uh, i guess you can see a little bit where it's like it looks really red in the sun but then like in this lighting it looks like a deep merlot so it's really great i really love this color yeah because i had an intern i had an internship interview today so I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I get the internship. Um, oh, why don't I just scoot up? You can like see it better in this lighting. Um, but yes, so that's how my week has been going. Um, why are you laughing? Um, because my mom is hammering away and I wonder if you guys can hear it. Nope. No, she's done already. Okay. You remodel in the night. That's us. We're night owls. Okay. Okay. So, we ready? I think we're ready to start talking about this. So, we're first going to talk about the first two main characters and kind of the build up. And then um, we're trying to start this like new way of how we're going to be doing these episodes. So, we're going to have like a block of character building, the prerequisite to the um, plot. So, we'll introduce characters, kind of like the main theme of the plot. And then we'll go through and like talk about like defining moments that happened and moments we liked as kind of like our plot-esque and then kind of the last segment will kind of be like an overall like overview of the book our final thoughts our theories for the next book because I have the next book with me and it's We Free the Stars and this is beautiful like okay I do have to mention this honorable mention before the books the way they feel it's different than like a regular hardback do you hear what I'm saying like yeah. It presses tightly together well, if you know what I mean. Like, to, like, hold it, it doesn't, like, 
fan out or anything. It's like a really nice, the dust jacket really fits well to the um, book itself. Yeah. And it feels, it feels like sharper. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like a sharper book. Yeah. I just Also, shout out to Kate at Nautical Reef for getting That's... both this copy. Yes, so both of us had these on our Amazon wish lists. Um, we had them linked in our bio, and I didn't even know she sent them to. She didn't. I didn't know she sent me anything until I got it in the mail and I opened it, and I looked at it and I was like, Kate, and I was like, what, Kate? And and then you texted and you're like, yeah, and I was like, I had no idea, but yeah, it's great. I love that she got the same book for both of us. Yeah, because she, she, I think she got all three of us it at the same time, but she just read it immediately. And it's taken us some time to actually, because we didn't we didn't decide to read it together until we were like, well, what book do we want to read for March, our um, March episode and stuff. And we're like, we hunt the flame. We both had it. Um, and like, I found it on my um, library and I was like, might as well just get the audiobook and thank God, because I love the audiobook narrator. So for the first character that I'm going to talk about is Nasir. Um, this is our male main character because it's the book is split into two POVs, Nasir and Zafira. Um, the male lead is Nasir. Um, he is, I noticed in the book, they don't say assassin. They say Hassan. Yeah. And I love that because this book is a very, it's not a Eurocentric take it is not it's none of these characters are white um it's well they're very there are any they're very light skinned yeah but we'll have this discussion um, in the overview there's something i want to talk about in the overview about something that lauren said about one person's review of this book about the diversity in the book but i'm not going to get into that right now but there is like there are pale but there everybody has a person of color Really, everybody is a person yeah. of color in this book. It's a Middle Eastern. It's yeah. It's it has yeah, Middle Eastern a, uh, elements. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's uh, a Muslim author. Yeah, she is amazing. I loved the book. The writing style hooked you. You know, um, Kate's books loves this book it's uh, her top three books and now I know why yeah I agree I don't know if it's in my top three but it's definitely my top five Mm -hmm. yeah um but that's Nasir is the first not the first one we meet we meet Zafira first which is our female main character um she is so she is what they call the hunter of um they call her the hunter of what is it called um i'm pulling up the map Demenhor, um because she goes into um the place called the ours to hunt for meat and animals to provide for her village and she is the only one who is able to do it other people will go into the ours and they will come out crazy um those of you guys who kind of know, I mean, the ours is like, if you have read Shadow and Bone, it's like the um, bowl. It's like this darkness. Um, 
captivating like this wilderness and kind of transforming everything in there to where you can't literally cannot see anything like you walk in and it's completely darkness no light goes through nothing and everyone is really terrified of it and because the um the whole society is like suffering she decides to take it upon herself to become the hunter to go in to this darkness it's called the artist yeah um and so that's how we start out of the book is she's actually coming out of the r's and that's basically the whole setup for the book is she's in this place where nobody is really able to go but her like in 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 the beginning of the book i'm gonna kind of spoil alert for everything that happens in the book um people from the i think it's the sultan's man men come um, from saracen Saracen men come to take her. I mean, everybody who's probably listening has read it, so we definitely don't have to go through too much, hopefully. Um, but the Saracen have come to take her, and she goes, runs back, and she races back into the forest on her horse, and they get lost in there, but she doesn't. And she has this innate ability to navigate the forest, which will come to play in later. Um, and then we meet Nazir. Can I just say the fan art for him? Like, if you guys have seen a couple TikTok videos that I have very uh, a couple months ago, it was like um, book boyfriends I cannot wait to meet, and Nazir was in there, and oh, am I? pleasantly pleasantly satisfied by him he has moved into my top five. Oh, hold on hold on hold on well i'll ask that question later on okay. as we as we get there I'll ask um, and so if you've read an ember in the ashes you know the characters who voice laya and elias the exact same voice actors for Nazir it literally the exact same voices and it's I think that's why I love the book so much is really the audiobook does help for this book um I mean Grace reads it we all know a little bit slower than I do I I can't I can't Grace I cannot like listening at I I I like my brain is too like I I like to say I have ADHD I'm undiagnosed I'm self-diagnosing myself with ADHD Carly just looked at me. She's just like, because I can, I literally like listening to the audiobook at one time speed. It's literally like watching a snail go across the grass. I can't do it. I, I, I had my speed at one X very early on in my audiobook journey. Um, but little by little, it's been going up and up. And like that, that's my recommendation for audiobooks is like, as you get accustomed to them, you can speed it up. Cause a lot of people say like, when I start listening to audiobooks, like I get loose track of it or whatever. And I'm just like, well, it just helps if you actually have the book in front of you to follow along and get accustomed to the speed that you're at. And then as you keep reading, you can speed it up. And then once you speed it up so far, it becomes your base speed, no matter where you are. I'm not at 2x speed yet, 
I'm comfortably at 1.6, 1.7. I'm almost there. I'm almost there at two X. Yeah. I start off at two times speed immediately. Like I, I can't like kudos to you for being able to come up, but like I immediately, when I started listening to audiobooks, I listened at one point speed and I was sitting there and I was like, I was like, it was, it's like, and I understand they have to read it that slow because some people let's, need to have it slower. Let's, let's, let's compare. Yeah, let's show people what 2x speed is. This is just the introduction to the audiobook. So it's not, you know, um, I just want to see if everybody. That's 1x, or 2x, that's 2x. That's 2x, I was about to be like, that's not 1x. Do it 2X. at 1x. 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 Macmillan Audio presents We Hunt the Flame by Hapsa Faisal. Read for you by and Steve West. Steve West is my one of my favorite male uh, audiobook. Okay, Steve West. Oh, oh man, I so I was wrapping it's up on being a white man, but this man, this man, Steve West. Like, don't show me what he looks like because you could show the YouTube listeners and watchers, but don't show me because if you show me, it ruins the illusion for when he reads about my favorite book boyfriend so this is steve west um daddy <laughs> um he i'm trying to find out his age but he's good okay, he's good i, I want to see i want to see no 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 no, no. don't show me don't he's show done me. aurora rising he's done strange dreamer Oh yeah, he has done Aurora Rising, and she has too. And Lovely War, he did Lovely War. He she, did. Female um, narrator, she does. Um, she does it too. I'm trying to see. Fiona Hardingham, mm -hmm. she does it on. She does Aurora Rising too. Uh, uh, which I kind of want to know. Do narrators know each other that they narrate the same books together or that they have narrated opposite love interests multiple times? Cause I don't know. I kind of, that's the vibe. Wait, he did the all souls. Yeah. The world of all souls by Deborah mm -hmm. Harkness. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's the companion book that has like all the creatures and has, yeah. Oh, he's done Fireborn um, by Rosaria Munda. I'm reading that this month. Okay, um, okay. Let's get the audiobook. Let's get back to the actual book. Okay, so back to where we were. So we meet Nasir, and Nasir is the, is a assassin who it, we meet him on a kill, and he's going up and everyone knows who he, what he is and what he does. And they basically, has, there's no way to stop him. And so 
quick brief description of him. He has these pale gray eyes, which is really sexy. And wears like dark um, clothing um, meant for an, an assassin. And he has this turban, his um, I'm forgetting the name of the blades right now. I'm spacing. But Seraphin? No. No, no, no. That's what they are. Is it? It is. Seraphin blades. It's the big ones with the little mm -hmm. curve. Yeah. Um, they, they like come out of his arms. I'm, I'm going to show just a fan art real quick by um, it's Nasir Gmek. Um, he is this is by ARZ28. Um, I'm trying to pull it up on Pinterest. Well, I'll definitely post a photo on. We say that we say we're gonna post a photo. I am because on... it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Save but... that we can post it on our Instagram okay for our pod. I'm gonna our... just send it to you so we know. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, we meet him on a kill, and he goes up and he goes into the tent of this man. And this man knows that he's coming. And he basically taunts him like, oh, it's taking you this long. And then he's thrown back because he is not used to his people, his kills, accepting death. And it really just throws him off because this man is a historian. And he, Nasir starts wondering like, what could a historian have done so wrong that he needed to be killed, right? But it's not his job to question. Like he's constantly going back and forth in his inner monologue, as we see throughout the book, of like, is this the right thing? No, it's not. And he has that darkness pulling at him and his goodness pulling and questioning things. But to see who wins, you know, if you read the book, you know how it goes. And his moral compass never really kind of stays true to one thing because he's always questioning the things that he does but in one thing that he does agree on very early on is that he is a monster and he does not deserve to be held in any way good even though he is the crown prince of Auraria. yeah he's the crown prince of Auraria, uh, Auraria. um yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. um, yeah, and he's Saracen, which is we're not let's break down the world a little bit because that was a part that kind of confused me a little bit. What confused so you? These different realms, right? Like and, countries, more like. Yeah. That's what, that's what I meant. I'm so used to Fae books with realms that it's just a different thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we have these different lands and um, each of them is ruled by a, a caliph or a, um, in one case, a caliphah. So we have Pelusia, we have uh, Demenhir, we have um, Zaram, um, Al-Baramin, uh, we have the Wastes, and we have Saracen, and then we have this, this island in the middle called Shar, which is like this evil place that used to be a prison where all monsters used to be sent there. And now each of these caliphs are in rule because 
who used to be in rule were the six sisters who held magic throughout the lands. But in their fall, um, in their fall, magic was taken away from the land and the Rs came forth and started eating up the land. And people are just mad at women because of this. And so women are kind of, um, kind of kept under men's foothold and we literally cannot do anything. Like that's something that um, Zafira often sees and that's why she has to disguise herself as a man when she goes out hunting because if a woman does it, it's seen as wrong and the, that there will be retribution because she is a woman and because she decides to do this on her own. There needs to be a man. A man needs to be forward and she hates this idea and loathes it to such a T. And she speaks often with her best friend about it, Yasmin and Dean, who Dean is one of my favorite characters. I did like him a lot. I found him annoying. Really? I found Dean so annoying. I was just like, dude, like, I know you love her. And I know you want to go, I'm going to spoil, like, we all know she goes to Char for her quest. We'll get into the quest later. But I was just like, dude, really? Like, really? You, like, like, okay, one of my things was, like, we know Zafira is a very independent woman. She, she has to dress like a man for a majority of, like, the first, like, she dresses like a man for while she's still in Demonhor because it would they would not let her go on her quest if she was a woman. Um, even they they say the hunter of Demonhor because they would never fathom that a woman could hunt and kill. She's yeah. known across all of the lands as the hunter of Demonhor. Yeah. She's notorious as being a hunter a hunter, but she's a huntress. And um the reason why I didn't like Dean was because I felt because She's a strong, independent woman who, yes, she's going, she might die. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> um, but I just felt like he, he, held, he, he held her back a little bit, I feel like. Like, it was this idea that, like, she was trying to escape, like, this, like, yes, I know he was her best friend and stuff. And, like, we see that he confesses, like, early on in the book, confesses to loving her and literally proposes to marriage to her in like the worst way possible. And I was just like, ugh. That's really what got me was the marriage proposal. I was just like, seriously, dude? I think that's really what made me really not like him. It was just kind of like a, it was a thing done so that she wouldn't leave him kind of thing behind. And he couldn't face the fact that like she was going, like she was moving on and she was trying to find herself. like. If he had just stayed put, I mean, I understand why he had to go. I understand. But I still find his character mildly annoying. Okay. Okay. So let me explain why I liked him. Um, I liked him just because he, he just had a sense about him that was a little bit light to her constant, like, looking down and like shrinking on herself and um I thought that he definitely wanted her to step forward and 
own up what she was. I, the yeah, I did too. But he knew that she would not be able to because of like the life that they, that they live in. But I do see how he was annoyed, but I just, I liked it, him. Like, I understand he was needed for her to push herself to be able to take that, take the hood off as the boat is leaving and stuff and kind of leave the salt, the uh, Khalif there and be like, the hunter is a huntress for real. But it was just kind of like a, he felt like, yes, I understand he was like there and like helping her like put herself out there and stuff, but it just felt very forced like if you know what i mean like even like when they get to shar and stuff it just feels very forced and especially when they're out in the sands and stuff and like we we all know um spoiler he ends up dying because he gets in front of an arrow that a creature shoots at her and he dies well i i did get very sad during his death I did. I cried a little bit because more because of how she reacted to it. That's my thing. During a lot of deaths, I cry because of how the person a lot left alive is feeling towards it. So like, if you know what's a, what's a book that people have read that were that know, um, like Divergent, like Allegiant, when when you know how that book ends. Had I seen, you haven't read Allegiant? No, I've never read the Divergent books or Hunger Games. I hated the books. Well, are you going to ever read it? No. Okay, well, a lot of people don't like this series. Spoiler, if you haven't read. Doesn't she die at the end? Skip 30 seconds. Yeah, she dies at the end. The main character dies at the end. So had four seen it, the four is the main guy. Had he seen it and mourned, I would have cried. But because I didn't, and it just skips forward to the epilogue, it is what it is. How does she die? I'm sorry, I have to. She sacrificed herself in a ball me. That's like over a simplification. So like there was this thing about to go up that was going to self-destruct and um, basically take down the society. And so she had to go in and disable it. But she wasn't supposed to do it. Her brother was supposed to do it. Mm. But something happened that he got knocked down by a guard. Okay. Okay, back to the book. So these are the characters. Um, we're kind of just already going so, into the plot. Who do you think, really quickly, who do you think was going to be my favorite character? Altair. You did? Who's your favorite character? Nasir. I mean, oh, Nasir is my type. Nasir is my type. Yes. He's take a claim. And in touch with the darkness in himself. And he's very, he's an Azrael for sure. Oh, yeah. I can see how I like Altahir. I do like Altahir, but then I also like Nasir because of like. He's okay, the main character. First, yeah. 
Because, like, at first, let me tell you this. At the very beginning of the book, I was so irritated with Nasir. I was like, dude, we get it. Like, fine. Like, you, you're you under your father's reign. And he's- You hate yourself. We know. We know. We hate- You hate yourself. You hate what you have to do. You hate what you become. Moving on. But then- <laughs> But then I started falling in love with him. And so, okay, so let's let's stick to the first part. In the first part, we see that Nasir he he's under his father's rule. His father is the one who sends him to kill all these people and stuff. And we see that his mother has died. He is living with his father under his father's wrath, and we see that he he has a he's had a relationship with a woman a servant um let me just say pause real quick um kate has said this before in our and you just cut out a quick second just repeat what you said um kate has said this in our book clubs before about um how she doesn't really like it when the main characters have a love interest before because man that irritated me so much I did not like this girl this servant who was basically like an a-box um for Hunger Games if you, you know what that is um it's basically like a, a person whose tongue was cut out that's like what I thought of when I saw her and especially because she was a servant but that's definitely not like any connection that was just my mental connection that I had and so she had her tongue cut out because of Nasir and you know we see her after Al-Tahir who is the general commander okay now that I'm kind of going back over do you want me to send you a picture of him real quick I found the fan art like the exact one of like um I haven't seen him I haven't seen him. I haven't seen. Oh, him he is your type. He is he like this. It's it's. Oh, um, you know why? Like now, like as I'm rethinking it over, considering I just finished this book like an hour ago. So this is me processing the book. So like now that I'm rethinking about it, and like, oh yeah, he's a. Je- <laughs> Grace, for people who are just audio, Grace stops talking mid-sentence when she sees this fan art of this. Of, I'll tell you, I'll tell you here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I told you he was your type. So I'm guessing this year isn't your type, isn't your favorite character anymore. I may have to rethink some things. <laughs> um so like but like you know what I think it was kind of always there it was literally called it I literally texted you and I was like I know who your favorite character is gonna be okay okay. maybe I was trying to be different for once but like I just like Nasir because it was more of like a oh buddy kind of like like 
you feel pity you feel pity for him for the first the first part of the book you just feel pity for him because it is this kind of like he is under his father's rule and like his father is this very power hungry his father is going a little crazy and we see that his father is in search of this book and so this is where the quest starts is there's a silver witch um and everybody who's read it knows that she was one of i mean this whole thing is a spoiler so if you're listening to this you probably either have read it or you're never gonna read it but she is one of the six sisters who um were disappeared they they don't know what happened to them they say they died and then some say they disappear it really i couldn't really grasp what happened to them but she's one of them and they call her the silver witch because they don't know and she sends zafira to the shar to um find the book i forgot what the book is called the book of the lion no no it's a Jarwat. 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 Um, yes. Yeah, it's like a two-syllable. Jarwat. Yeah. Yeah. And um and Nasir's father sends him and Altair um to Shar to find the hunter of Demonhor and kill him. And so this is what and his father kind of gives Nasir like this is like your life is on the line. You have to kill your cousin and kill the hunt. That's why he sends um, Altair is because he wants Nasir to kill him. That's yeah. why they're paired together. Basically, how we meet Altair is like he's just like this kind of douche to Nasir in Nasir's eyes. He's just like prowling along. He's always got a smile on. He's got that smirk. He's cocky. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's my type. He's my type. Um, I was trying to deny it a little bit, but that uh, is what it is. So, and he's like this, he's this big guy. Like when- He's taller um, than Nasir. Him, he, she talks about him like basically being almost like a giant. Why did it not click for me that that was me? That was my type. I don't know, gosh, dang it. I'm trying to be in denial. I'm trying to say like, that's not my type. Yes, it is. Okay, so we meet him and he's being very cautious, like joking and poking at Nasir and always making him question things and um, always seeming to know more than what he lets on. Um, he, he even invites Nasir out to come drink. And he's just like in his room in his bed after Nasir just got like this, basically this um, mission to go. Or not, not the mission so far, but just like got through a meeting where he found out things about the Silver Witch through his dad. And then they go out to drink and he sees that Nasir is like drinking coffee. He's very laid back. He's just like, look, this is what's going to go down. This is what's really happening. And you're going to get sent to go do this just a heads up to you. And this year is just like, how do you know? Like, what's up with you? Like, why are you being like this? Why are you, how do you know these things? And I'll tell you, it doesn't like give in. Then he's when he's- Spiders. Given, yeah. When you- when spiders he, everywhere. When, when he's giving this like mission and he hears that Altair has to go with him, he's like, fuck, man, I don't want to take him. And it's kind of like already like, like that sibling bond. Nasir is the lone wolf. Nasir's he really, 
he's a lone wolf. He likes, like, he goes, he does his Hashashan, um duties by himself. He really is a lone wolf. He, he, he tortures himself by, and that's his way of, his, his self-deprecation is, like, he tell he calls himself a monster constantly. He tells himself he's not worthy of love. He literally has a tattoo on his arm, basically saying that he, he doesn't think that he could ever, like, he doesn't deserve love, is basically what the tattoo means. And so you see this, it, he's a very self-deprecating person. He, he, he doesn't have friends. He doesn't, I mean, this is like a found family also, kind of. Um, it, it is. I'm gonna I'm just mark it right there, found family. It's a sure. found family. Um, and we see he does grow close because Altair is his cousin. Um, and we see him Black growing brother. close. But yeah, he's his brother, but we don't know that yet. Um, but yeah, um, he- But it's forced- crazy because like, when you find out, like as the book is going on and as they're bantering together and as they're talking around, they you feel that brotherly bond even though it's not wanted. Altahir knows that that's his brother. And though Nasir like denies most of it, it's still like that connection is there. The bond is there, even though he tries to deny it. Well, Nasir or Altair? Altair knows that. Yeah, Altair knows, but Nasir thinks they're cousins, but he denies that relationship with Altair that they're cousins because he is genuinely annoyed of him because Altair does come off as like this cocky bastard who looks down on Nasir. And I mean, that's classic older brother move is to look at your siblings and look down on them. Like it really does foreshadow that he's Nasir's brother. Yeah, you feel it. Um, when I found out, I mean, I was shocked, but I I stopped. I was like, oh, like Carly heard me. She heard me. Like, I, like her and Reese, I think we're over. And I was like, oh, and she was like, she does this all the time. And I'm like, no, Reese, that was a different book. That was a different book. That was last night I did that. Um, <laughs> But, but no, but like then I definitely do that. Honestly, I will give this book something. It's just that usually I see things coming, like, oh, I know that was coming, I know this was coming. But in this one, I did not see the witch being the sultani. I mean sultana. I did not see them being brothers. I did not see who Altani um um his who Altair's dad is. I mean, we could just say it now. Um, that the lion was his dad. Yeah, I did not see it coming. I mean, okay, we're kind of like going, we're not really following. This is definitely just a book chat. Honestly, I think it goes better though, that we're like talking about it and like, we're kind of going through and talking about it, but like, I don't think we really need a structure. So we're not really following the structure, but I I definitely was surprised by that. I I also, I am really good at fight. Like, I'm really good at guessing what's going to happen next. Like, you know, I'm good at it. I guess I basically that's the whole plot for FBAA, but um, like I did not see that she was the Sultana. So she's the the Silver Witch is the connection between Nasir and Altair. She's their mother, um, and so we get that they're both they both have magic, and literally Altair is the light 
to Nasir's darkness, which I think is beautiful because Nasir is this dark person. He has, he has these like dark, he's just dark haired, dark eyes. And then we have Nasir who's this ray of sunshine. And like, we see it in their personalities too. They are literally opposites. Um, Altair's hair is blonde. Yeah. His, like they are the opposites, but and I was surprised, like, because you thought, like, oh, they're just cousins, and, like, they don't really, they don't have the same hair color, they don't, that's how she tricked you, it's, like, they don't have the same hair color, they don't really have similar, like, personalities or anything, and so you're, like, okay, he is the cousin, um, but we see that they have to go, and Altair knows that Nasir is going to kill him, I mean, he doesn't. We obviously know that. But, like, the fact that Altair, when they do get to Shar, and Altair gets hurt and stuff, and then Altair's like, just kill me. Like, you're here to do it. Kill me. And we see Nasir finally falter. And he's like... And we see Nasir falter when it comes to the hunter as well. Um, Because he finds out that it's Zephira. And let's just say this. Um... You know, she gets onto the island. Uh, let's go back to Zephira real quick. Um, when she gets onto the island with Dean in tow, um, you know, she's on their way. Of course, from Nasir's point of view, we know that she's a compass who can basically go after whatever she wants, kind of like the compass in um, um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, she if is- she's drawn towards what she thinks, like if she has, if she's focused on something, okay. Uh, minor shadow and bone spoiler. It's kind of like Mal, who he can track things naturally. She can track things naturally. She's she is a compass pointing, and the Silver Witch gives Nasir and Altair a compass for her. So they that's how they find her is they have that compass, and I thought that was an amazing way. What does um the witch say when he she gets the I oh. when she gets the compass? Let's look at that because I wanted to go back to that point, um, and it was something that like she said something that it will lead you to. She says it leads them to something. Um, she says like it leads you to what you want most, like something like yeah. I don't know. Um, okay, honorable mention to Dean taking her to like the ice cream shop. I thought that was a really cute moment, though. Um, when um, okay, yeah, that that scene was very sweet. Where he decided that he was gonna take her to have a like one last good day um before they before like she goes off and then he decides to go with her yeah um i'm trying to find where the witch said that to her to him um i think it's him after um I think it's right before they get onto the island. No, because she gives them, because t- she, you remember she parts the the R's for them um, so that they can leave faster and to get to the ship. 
so she gives it to them but she says something that it will lead to like something you'll find i'm just gonna ramble while you talk so i have to give an honorable mention in the first part honorable mention to the scene is the scene with zafira and dean where he takes her to the ice cream shop i genuinely thought that was a really cute thing for him to do to distract her because her friend just got married that's literally what happens the day first day is her sister her friend is getting married and to her now husband and kind of like i think it's after the wedding like a day or two after he takes her because he knows that she's gonna go on this quest because the witch came to her in the first chapter and was like i want you to find this for me you're the only person who can do it no she tells her like i have many people to do it but zafira knows like i'm the only person who can do this because you came to me and like I'm the hunter of Demon Whore. Like, I can do this. And so, I find, I loved that scene. And then. I found it. Okay, read it. <laughs> Forever. Um, so, and then this is on page 122. If you guys want to look back at your book. It says, um, what do you want? Nasir said, keeping his voice level. They needed to leave. What do I want? I'm here because um, Gamek counted on my interception. Had you set foot on the Rs, you'd both be dead. I am not your enemy, princeling. Nasir bit his tongue and he said that his father would have a ship waiting for him, right? The witch gave him a knowing look and with the twist of her crimson lips, she drew an object from the folds of her silver cloak, a disc, deep red, its edges etched in silver filigree. Filigree. Filigree? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't know how to read. Fil filigree, a compass to help you find what you desire most. Okay. And I find that like so, like a little sprinkle. She knew Nasir would fall for his, she knew. Oh, she, was, she, she was playing matchmaker for her son. She was like, oh. And a, 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 a Hashashan with the Huntress of Dimenor, <laughs> I'm setting them two up. Like, the darkness and this compass they're both magical like i'm gonna set my son up she was really playing like the ultimate mother move and setting her son up and in some ways like because like even when the, the when he first pulls out the, the the compass it starts point, pointing like to and fro and he's like oh i don't know where it's going but he kept saying that it was it would turn to Zafira when they finally meet. And Altair like notices it. Altair points that out. He didn't even know what he thought as like he saw them together. Altair is very smart. Like I don't that's what that's because Nazir doesn't give him the credit, but Altair is very smart and very observant. He's very, he, yes, he's cocky. Yes, he's loud, but he still like notices things. And he's, he's that kind of like the spider where it's out there, but like everybody shies away because they know he's dangerous, but he also watches and he is smart. He's cunning. Um, I, that's why I knew he was your man. Um, <laughs> but a it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that he was the general. I think that also he was the general of the armies. I was like, oh, any general is great to type. But 
a compass to help you find what you desire most. And like, it's just like he desires love. Nasir desires to be loved. Yes, he says himself that he doesn't, he shouldn't find love. But deep down, he he wants he wants to be loved. He wants that feeling. We see it because he with the I'm not even gonna name her because I hate her. The um the servant we find out later that Altair is the one who set her up to fornicate with Nasir. Um <laughs> and I, I bet albeit she gets her tongue removed for it. Um but he he deeply wants that love and i think like fate and there's a lot of like fate having to play into a role with this and i think the silver witch the sultan the sultana she knew she was like these two are meant for each other and so of course a compass to help you find what you desire most and so he desires love most and it leads him to zafira did you? Are you good? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, she's talking a lot. Oh, I can't hear. Anyways, so yeah. Um, and so I think we're kind of now at the point where now they're in Shar and kind of that, that first meeting of them. Yes, I want to talk about that. <sighs> the tension in the room when they said that this was enemies to lovers i was like okay it's the i need to kill you enemies to lovers it's not that you're my rival it's the i it was sent to kill you enemies to lovers and that is the best enemies to lovers the i have to kidnap you or i have to kill you uh-huh. that's the best enemies to lovers and like okay so Let's talk about this first moment. So, like, you know, Nasir is like trailing after Zafira and she's cloaked. So he does not know that she's like a, a woman. But he comments on how the hunter is wearing so many robes. And he like that that hunter's gonna pass out. She does later. Um, but we'll get to there. We'll get to there. Comments. Yeah. That he, moment, we'll get to it. He comments on it. He's like, why is this hunter like so in so much gear like that hunter must be dying and she is she's like super hot underneath it but she's not going to take it off because this is her shield she still dresses like this because she still is in that mentality of like she hasn't shed her skin fully she did take off her hood but she isn't she hasn't had that final push to finally reveal who she truly is she still hides behind the facade of being a man and we see in this first encounter when we see this like trifecta of things happen where there's multiple people shooting and there's three three parties who are all shooting at each other and all to your hit uh what are the other creatures called the um ifrit the ifrits get hit and then dean gets hit and we see that Altair's arrow is the one that hits Dean um, and hits him square in the chest and kills him. And the Ifrit's arrow hits 
Altair, and then Zephira's arrow hits the Ifrit. So it's kind of like a triangle kind of thing. And we see, but then we see like, Nasir watches and he sees that the hunter, she doesn't take off her hood immediately. Um, she sees Dean, but then she she sees that Dean is sucked into the sand. The the island of Shar sucks him in and she's but she's there and she feels guilty. Oh, I just spit. <laughs> uh, sorry. Well, like, that scene with like Dean dying in her arms and like giving her like the necklace the necklace with his ring. Like I felt for him right there. I was just like, oh god. He was in love with somebody who couldn't love him back. And that is the hardest, like hardest heartbreak is to love somebody for so long and they can't love you back unrequited love it just like it hit me because like he cared enough so much about her and like dove took a took a an arrow for her and she you know had to let him go and she mourns him long after this death and um like but she she acknowledges that she did not love him the way that he wanted her to and it was just kind of like a sad thing and like the arrows like gone off and you know that's what it what it is he gets swallowed up but even like nasir as he's like watching them right before this like the arrow thing um she he notices that she he, that dean looked that the demon here looked at the hunter with a sense of yearning but the the hunter like he didn't know what that was about like he didn't understand the loyalty that the demon whore had to the hunter. He he noticed that he noticed that the hunter did not reciprocate the feelings. And I think that's important to realize that even somebody as Nasir noticed that like Dean obviously was in love with her from far away too. Like just the idea that there's like Dean is feels pulled towards her and but she she can't feel and it's it's nothing to like it there's nothing wrong with her not being able to reciprocate those feelings because she shouldn't have to she shouldn't have to feel bad for not being able to love him back she loves him but not how he wants yeah because he wants more i think that's also very important when we we think about this idea of like oh you love him but you don't love him back like you should he's like everything and like she feels this guilt too about not loving him back but it's okay not to love it's okay because you love him but not in the way that he wants you to love him and she made it very clear that she did not mm -hmm. feel the same way she did um, end up yearning to want someone but it just so happened that it wasn't him. And that's okay. Like, I, let's bring this into real world for a second. Let me drop some advice on you guys, those of you listening. Um, if, like, a guy or someone comes up to you and tells you, like, hey, I like you, you don't have to feel a weight on yourself because you don't reciprocate those feelings. Like, you can be genuinely honest with them and be like, okay, thank you. Like, I appreciate you coming to tell me and, and I know that it took some courage to, to admit this, but I don't, I'm sorry, I don't feel the same way. And that's not to say that, you know, that you have to stop being friends or that you have to stop coming around each other, but it's known, it's acknowledged, it's not reciprocated. 
And the same goes for you. If you feel like you want to go tell somebody and you're afraid of getting shot down, like, okay, like, I know that it's scary. I know that you don't want to do it, but like, do it. Go and tell the person that you have a crush on them, that you like them, because you don't know if it's going to be acknowledged or if it's not going to be in. If you keep holding that within you, then you're never going to get anywhere. That's just my two cents on that. Go ahead and tell them that you like them. If they tell you that you like them, you don't have to like them back. It's just there. They like you, move on. Next question. Yeah, so I we see this and then we see where they follow her into like this abandoned like housing place and they, they confront her. They're like, they tell the hunter, take off your hood. And she doesn't. And it's tension. Let's go to that really quickly. Because right before this scene, um, Nasir is mad at Alta here because um, he almost killed the hunter. And it wasn't their task. Their task was not to kill the hunter until she found the Jarawat, the book. Um, but then goes and they're looking after her and she's running. And then all of a sudden, he's just like, you need to... No, 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 I'm sorry. Another Ifrit comes and attacks them. Nasir, uh, um, uh, is running and then another Ifrit comes out and it's the face of Dean. And like, Nasir is just like, what is this hunter doing? Doesn't, do, don't they know what's going on? That, what that is? And he doesn't understand, but then kills him, the Ifrit. And she's screaming again because she's seen him die twice. Then ends up killing her. Okay, Hunter, we have you surrounded, basically. Yeah, like blood. When she does, she uh, she has like this sense of like, I'm gonna do it. Fine, like we know what's going on. She turns around, drops her hood, and Nasir. I'm gonna just read the description of how he describes her or how she describes them because it's in her point of view. So, no, if she was going to die, she wanted to see who had stolen Dean away from Arawia too soon. She turned and dropped her hood. There were two of them, both young, smoky coal framed their eyes and Zafira dimly thought of how highly Yasmin would approve. The larger was fairer and prettier with sun-kissed skin of Araria. <laughs> and then the muse twisted his mouth. His turban was carefully mussed around his head, stray strands of deep gold peeking out. A patch of blood stained his right shoulder, hastily wrapped off, making a fresh injury, marking a fresh injury and a jewel-studded gem. Jambia sat against one muscled thigh and his sirwal, an opulent hue of purple. First of all, why did I not realize that this man was, okay, <clears throat> that was Altair. Then we have the other man was leaner, power rippling from his sharp cut of his shoulders and the set of his jaw, hair dusting his forehead was as dark as the shadows relieving the, the island, his skin deeper, the deeper olive of men who had ambushed her, a black and gray checkered kefia 
circled his head, fringe whispering his neck. And then she describes like his suit and how finely dressed he is. But let's go down to his side. A scar slashed the right side of his face from his forehead to the top of his cheek. It was a surprise his right eye was still intact. His eyes, they were tumultuous gray, like a like dead ashes of a fire adrift in a cold wind. He was the one with the leveled at a car. I wrote in And they realized that she was a woman. Like they're shocked. They're shocked. Describes like both of them. She's just like, yeah, that one is cool. But then like she gives like Nasir like two like paragraphs basically one on his clothes or whatever but then one solely on his eyes like that's the thing that captures her and that's something that like captures them through like the, uh, the throughout the story so the you eyes. notice how you always talk about like their scent i yeah. also think it's the eyes like when they describe their eyes you're like oh that's the that's who they're gonna be with like the eyes i definitely are think what people draw to too um but we see their meeting and they're shocked that like she's a woman like it's the hunter hunter of Dimonhor, and um we we see that she like i you see kind of like the idea of like them not realizing that the hunter could be a woman like yeah. they kind of have this internal thing like it's gonna be a man obviously like it never crosses their mind that it could be a woman and then when it does like he, the way that he describes her like he says like you're a girl and then like she ties back to them like and you're a murderer and then like when he um when Nasir describes her, he describes how like strong she looks. Cause like, she's not a tiny person. She's tall, she's broad shouldered. She has features that could be masculine but also very feminine. So they're also both. And they acknowledge that it could have helped her hide her mas- like her femininity, but it also was very feminine of how she looked. So she had that like dual look about her. Um, and he says that he never knew anything about her, but then like the way he describes her, like her cheekbones, her like details about her face and that her gaze like pierces him with like blue um, shards of like cold unfeeling. And that's something that he talks about often that like, every time she looks at him and like it freezes him in his place and that's something that this story has is about like they're locking of eyes a lot that happens that happens a lot where we see they're they're not like they don't talk a lot in the beginning but they oh i forgot the windows open um that was a zoom zoom um sorry we live right by the highway um we we see that they don't talk a lot but they do glances and they notice each other's oh there's bells i gotta turn i have to shut my window okay um so i'm gonna continue for her um but they do this love story is kind of like enemies to lovers yeah we know that but like it's something about their gaze that they have a lot like you notice 
a lot of other romances they'll deal with like scent or like the way that when they come into the room like the feeling that they get but this one's because of how they lock eyes and they both acknowledge that sense of being seen is like really strong the fact that like kind of to like move this along we see that like they start interacting with each other and stuff but the fact that she is wearing all these garbs and stuff and then she is finally feeling it where she's not taking care of herself she's not eating she's not drinking enough we finally see where the point where nasir called it she's gonna faint and she does and my boy daddy nasir decides to (laughs) um take care of her and we see this like gentle side to him where he is like putting a towel on her head and stuff to cool her down yeah like he tells her take off your cloak but then she just collapses and when she comes to she like he's over her like worrying about her whatever and he tells her like oh you passed out because of the heat um and Altair carried you and that kind of got me because it's just like why didn't Nasir carry her but then I'm pretty sure he's just like I don't want I'm trying to distance myself he he they try to keep away from each other that's the thing it's like it's that romance where they try to keep away but they can't yeah it, it ain't gonna work but um yeah so like he even says like she even starts thinking like why aren't why why don't you just kill me and she has this thing about her where like and everyone can read her thought process on her face like she has no mask available where it can protect her innermost thoughts from anyone like everyone sees exactly what she's thinking as she's thinking and that's sort of a weakness but it's also kind of like a strength in kind of forming bonds with the people around her um whereas Nasir he has like this mask constantly and she can see it going up or going down but she can also see through it too like she she's able to see through a lot of others not and I think that's a very important distinction is she sees past everything and that's when we start to see that she's like no 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 no, I can't he's a monster he killed Dean she automatically assumes that he's the one who's killed Dean and we know that it's not him but Altair who kills Dean mm-hmm. um because Altair was the one who's trying to kill her yada 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 um trying to kill her he was trying to kill the Frit that was right next to her that's true Let's protect my man's credibility because he's my man's now. He was not trying to kill her. Okay. Um, and so we see the introduction of two new characters after a while. Um, they're surrounded by a frit, and we see the introduction of Benjamin. Or how do you how do you say it? Um, um how do you say his name? I'll have to look at it. It's like a it's not Benjamin. It's Ben. Um, Benjamin. Um, B-E-N-Y-A-M-I-N. We'll call him Ben for, for, for Ben. Um, he comes in and helps them. Um, and we find. Yeah, he's Seven. Which is like Faye. 
it's yeah. her take on Faye. He has pointy ears. He's magic. He has uh, an affinity for a certain type of magic, and um, he's a little bit faster and stronger, and he can live. He's an immortal. Or he has longevity. Um, and their type, their, not their type, their um, Mm -hmm. isn't around too much. They kind of kept to themselves after magic fell. They're secluded, kind of. But he is a cousin of the Sultana. The Sultana. So, quote, we know that he's not actually Altair's blood family because we know the Sultana. She did not have. Um, the Sultana was the witch but before that she was a person so she was she was a part she was ben's sister but she died and the silver witch took over and was the sultana in her place and then um basically had altair and then later had nazir um and then we also have kifa yeah, and it's Kiva. Oh, I love Kiva. He's like this snarky, um, she's kind of like the female Altair kind of thing. The cocky, she reminds me of Black Panther. In like, she looks like the Black Panther. What are they called? Um, do you know who I'm talking about? The female warriors in Black Panther, basically, uh, what. She, the, the guard. The... Yeah. Uh, Okoye. Okoye, yeah. She looks like a she she looks like Okoye. She has the like buzzed hair. She has the staff. Um called one of the nine. So um, the so the Khalifa, the one Khalifa that they have, she has nine elite warriors. And we end up finding out um her story, but we won't go into it. And she becomes one of the nine. But then in this quest to bring back magic, she ends up going with Ben to help him out. And they end up form forming their like little group, which they call um, the Zorma. Is that what they call it? I don't remember. She spoke two hours ago. I don't honestly remember exactly <laughs> what they call them. <laughs> Anyways. Their little group, their bandwagon of group, and it's kind of like a we don't trust you, you don't trust us, we're here out of convenience, or that's so what Nasir and um, Zafira keep telling themselves in their inner monologues. Like, they're not my, really my friends, they don't really care about me, but through little battles here and there, they start seeing that they do care about each other, they don't want to leave the other behind. And then through this, we get the revelations of like the magic and the magic within them, the magic that Zafira has, that she's the compass. And we're kind of going through all of this stuff. And while all of this stuff is happening, we're seeing Nasir and um, Zafira gonna get closer. And then let's, let's pause for a second and go into that scene by the river. That scene by the river was just like, because okay. it's something about like the trope of like oh catch me bathing in the moonlight or like sees me training secretly kind of, watching 
That's kind of my bread and butter right there. Yeah, and I think it also is important that we see that, like, Nasir has scars on his back, and she thinks they're leeches first. And then you're like, no, 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 those are burn marks. Okay, that threw me. I had to read that scene a couple times to kind of be like, why does he have leeches on his back? Like, is that some kind of, like, training mechanism that he knows because he's an assassin and they have a weird thing? When it comes out that they're scars, I was shocked because I'm like, I literally wanted to cry because I'm like, yeah, it's sad. It, it, and the fact that he, like, you know, we find out how he does it. Um, and then flashes forward to that scene where he does, he marks one on himself. Because at that point, I felt that he did those to himself. But we found out it was his father. Yeah. Like that trigger, like, kind of got me a little bit, you know, trigger warning for self harm that he. And we, you know, we see the familial ties that Nasir has with his dad, and then um, the um, what's her name has her father who does her from his family because she was wanting to be a warrior instead of that too. But like then. When she realizes that's what it is and she takes off running at night. You're kind of cutting out a little bit. I am? Oh, now that's better. Now I can hear you. It just sounded muffled. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, where he catches up to her and pushes her against the tree. I was like, Okay. And on top of that, he's dripping wet. (laughs) And like, he's like looking at her and he's just like, oh, you shouldn't catch up on a man undressing because he might get the wrong idea. I was like, honey, what idea do you have? I know and we see this is like we see after that they start to be a little bit more flirtatious towards each other but they're also both like no we cannot like yes. she's like he's a monster he's a murderer mm-hmm. she always says that about him and he's like I'm a monster I'm a murderer and, and he You're always for him and then yeah. because it's, but it's just like come on give in give in a little bit yeah. and that scene after like he saved her from the lion I mean, and then like her rubbing the salve on his spa. Oh, like... A quart of of um, Aco Bath. They had the they had that commissioned, and I texted Kate and I was like, I know the scene now. It's the scene of her like on his lap, and his lap. Yeah, you didn't no. know that. That yeah, she's on it like straddling him. I need to go back and read this scene again because that's not picture them. No, 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 yeah. no. I'll send you the fan art for it, but yeah, she's straddling him. 
Um. <laughs> well, so we see the scene. We I'll, I'll kind of recap the lion while Grace is rereading it. But so we basically see where she's drawn to the lion, and she's he she's her compass brings her to the book where the lion has it in like his palace of this whatever and he kind of propositions her to like marry him and stuff and she kind of gets into this trance but then he finally like, cages her and wants her to open the book for him and he's like i'm just gonna use it a little bit and then i'll give it back to you and she kind of starts convincing herself like yeah i'll just get the book give it to him for a little bit and he'll give it back to me we see this like he's luring her in and stuff and then we finally see where she's found the book and it's surrounded by like these five trees and we find out that Nasir and all the others use the compass to find her and when they do they have a battle with the Ifrit and the lion and they are able to get the Jarawat they're able to dig up the hearts of the five sisters um, that's going to be a theory. We're going to use that in our talk about that. Well, real quick, those hearts, um, I did not think they would be actual physical, biological hearts. And they were like, oh yeah, like the tissue, like the, that it was like thrumming muscle and bleeding and vein. And I was like. Yeah, it was kind of graphic. Um, oh. And so we see they finally escape, but... only Zafir, we see like Zafir and Altair, we see that it's revealed when like they're trying to escape that Altair is um, Nazir's brother. And then we also, it's also revealed that the Silver Witch is their mother and then she was the Sultana. They're gonna have this like big discussion. Yeah. And but, then during that like final battle, he ends up showing his magic yeah he has darkness as magic and then Altair turns it on him and he's like well I'm a pew pew bitch I'm a lighter <laughs> Carly laughed at that pew pew bitch I'm a lighter and he just lit the whole place up and really he did. like it was, it was funny but it was also like I see you dude I see you and like okay wait so they first escape they escape the first time from the lion and that's when they like go out into the they go out and they're in like the outside and that's where that scene happens where she's straddling him and she's like fixing his scar and stuff and she's rubbing it and then Altair, Ben and Kifa come and then we see look and they come at the worst time because like you know they're all close and everything they're about to get it on and like he's like leaning in into the crook of her neck and holding and he finally her. like puts his hand on her thigh I'm, I'm telling you, when I was reading this, I was like, nose in the book. But it, it's like, like, it's not even like we've, I've read like, I've read smutty romance. I'm yeah. reading smutty romance right now. And it's nothing compared to like, that's tension. why I like, like YA books because they create this so much tension and just the little moments are huge. They are because it's like, it's filled with so much emotion and so much like, finally kind of you know and in smutty books like you know it's always it, it's often throughout the book but here it's like they haven't even done anything they're barely touching they're just close to each other they're their breathing is mingled their chest touch their 
you know, it's a brush of the shoulder. I just saw your Instagram story. You're going to have to change it to Paul's hair. I'm going to change it right now. I'm going to change it right now. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And like these moments that they have, it's like they both feel it. And then as soon as they're like about to like feel the deal with a kiss, here comes Ben and Altahir and like the rest the gang. And like they come in and it's just like, dang it, right? But then they start fighting because she attacks Ben because, you know, it comes out that um, the lion was part of like Ben's group of friends. And then more reali- like realizations come out that he trusted him. And then like he knew that the lion was alive because he was supposed to be dead. All of these things. And then she gets mad and she takes off. And then in her taking off, that darkness kind of seeps into her heart again. And like it calls to her. She's like, I don't have real friends. I don't have anybody. The darkness is the only thing that's been around. The darkness is the only thing that calls me, that cares for me. And the darkness is the lion. And she basically gives into that and lets like the lion toy with her. And she ends up finding the Jarawag and the seer is having his own realization with his mother the witch and like out here but then they realize like she's gone like zafira is gone so then they have to go and find her and he's like she's she got swallowed up by the darkness and they're just like i, I can find her i'll find her and then he brings out his trusty little compass goes out after her and then he realizes that as he's in the darkness he can see perfectly he does not shudder, doesn't like, you know, second guess things. He sees perfectly. And like the way that I envision his sight is like, if you think about Teen Wolf during those night scenes, how like everything's kind of like almost bluish grayscale, but he can see clearly. And like everybody else is like all in blackness. That's how I picture it. And like Nasir makes a huge vital character development moment right there where he's just like, you know, always has been, I work alone, I'm on my own. But that was the shift for him. Cause he's just like, no, this, my group here, my gang, we are the ones that are gonna go in after her. And they go in after her and they find her with the stone and we have this huge magical battle with the darkness swirling and the hearts finding out that that's what they need to get they get that so much is going on that's the scene that i would love to see in a tv show yeah no because i can't wait to see like the blackness of nasir's magic and then altair's magic because he creates a diversion for them to run away mm-hmm. and in that diversion we see them leave but then we see altair gets left behind Oh yeah. And that's like the the hard part because like everybody's like, okay, we got away and then they're running away. Even like the witch is like running away with them and they're on the boat and then they look around and he's not there. And they're like, we have to go back and get him. And Nasir was the one that's just like, we need to go back and get him. And they're just like, no, we can't. Like the witch is like, oh, he'll be fine will use like he'll, he'll be used as bait for us he won't be harmed that badly and it's just like no i need to go back and get him and you see like you see his hard. development relationship with um really altair did. and we see that once he learns that 
it's kind of like that click with him. It's like he learns that he's his brother and he's like loyalty above all else to him now because that's his older brother. And you see that the finally the last string is tied and he has that connection with Altair. He really does. And it like kind of broke my heart that he didn't get to save him in the way that Altair Well, we still have book two. Still have book two. So that brings us to theories. So yes. this is, I don't really know what my theory is, but um, I kind well, of they're, feel like- They're definitely going back to Sultan's Keep or Sultan's, it's called Sultan's Keep, right? Yeah. I'm trying to look. I think they're going to go back to Sultan's Keep. Oh, we forgot Ben died. Oh, we forgot that in that skirmish of like them fighting for the Jarawat, Ben dies and- that's finally when this year black magic goes everywhere and then Altair does that diversion. Um, that's me. To him. Like you see him being attached to everybody. Yeah. And so they're definitely going back to Sultan's keep. Um, and I think we're going to see this like I think that they're going to find some way to twist it so that the Sultan has to keep them there and like but they don't tell them the full story. And so I think they're going to be living in Sultan's Keep. Um, trying to figure out what to do. Um, and we're going to see the struggles that Zafira has with trust again. Um, and the idea of being able to be with Nasir and like, she's a very independent person. Yeah, because they kiss. And it was intense. And, but then right after, this doesn't mean anything. And I think he he, he said that more for himself than for her. But then and, she did that and ran away with it and like ran away from him. And it just like wrecked her. And to the point where even like when they're like on the boat in the end, she's still trying to find the balance and bridge the gap between them again. like we've gone to like kissing each other. How do we get back from that? It's kind of like you've kissed your best friend and how do you go back to like before you kissed? And I don't think they can. It's that, classic, I don't know. it's that classic, like this doesn't mean anything to either of us, but they both know. And, and like, they talk about it. They say like, it. I can tell that he, he felt a fraction of what I did, of what I felt because of like the shakiness in his voice. And then when it flips to her and she sees, he sees her eyes when he says that, like, this doesn't mean anything. And immediately how he wants to take back those words. Cause like, he's like, didn't she feel what I felt? Or maybe it was just me. They both feel like they're incapable of love. And I feel like yeah. I see them learn to lean on each other not just each other as a pair but as the group so what do we think is going to happen with altair in the next book do you think he's going to die is he going to survive he better survive he better survive because him and um um what's her name kifa thank you him and kifa better i think they're gonna end up together they're too much of like they they have that like headbutting that i think really makes for but 
they also might not end up together. I don't think they will. Um, they should. I I hope they find well because we see in the end where um, Zephyrus friend was like she's married to her husband and her husband is talking about Altair and 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 Yasmin is just like I'm gonna kill that Altair for killing her brother when Yasmin sees Altair for the first time I'm 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 so how did she know it was him because she went she was in the Rs when it swallowed when it came back again so when they went on the boat the Rs had split open for them to go the shore and then like as soon as she got on the boat the Rs like slammed again and she was in the darkness for like a quick minute and that's what it was yeah what happens to Dean because at that point Dean was still on the ship but it somehow vision of the future yeah so she saw it and she saw who shot the arrow but then when um um what's his name misc yeah misc and he's like like, oh i can't wait you to meet him altair is my friend because misc is a spy for altair and that's how i think altair knew that the huntress yeah wasn't a male he knew he knew yeah and that's why he kept kind of teasing him and also kind of showing him like you didn't care about like the girl not really yeah the fact that so i think something's gonna happen but i think the he's gonna uh nasir's gonna have to reveal what happens with the servant girl too um, Zephira, that's going to be one thing. We're going to see the interaction between Altair and Yasmin. We're going to see, um... I wonder what's going to happen between, like, his, like, princely duties and, like, her. That was, like, a fear that she had. Like, I'm just, like, a girl with a bow, and he, like, she started having that idea. And He's the prince of death. Yeah, and I wonder if that's going to be, like, something that they stumble over, too. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I, I really, think they are. I want to go pick it up right now. I want to go buy the Buy it second. on Amazon. I have a Barnes & Noble maybe like five miles away. I should go. Is Very, it still open? Right now? It's 9.30. Oh, then they're not open. Yeah, they're not. Which is fine. But yeah. Um, just And just look at the cover though. But like on the cover, it's both of them. And who's there in the bottom corner? Who do you think? Zafira, and this is Nasir, because he has his turban. Yeah, and you have look at each other. He's up there being a prince, and she's on the bottom. I don't think this is going to be a good one. They have to end up together. They better end up together. Um, so in closing, overall thoughts, what did you think of it? I was unexpectedly surprised by this book. I think that the audiobook definitely helped me getting into it because I think Steve West does an amazing job with Nasir's voice and he did an amazing job with Eli. Sorry, I'm talking really low. My roommate's asleep. Um, But he did a really good job voicing this and I think that's also what really helped is you having a voice to the characters 
really helped. I don't know if I would have liked it as much as I did if I hadn't had the audiobook. Um, yeah, the audiobook definitely helped with the, the world building and mm-hmm. a lot of words and phrases and words. Because um, I definitely struggle with pronunciation often. The audiobooks definitely help with that. Um, the audiobook, for sure, is like a five out of five narration. Alone. I have the next one. I checked it out. Perfect. I am going to go buy the second book right now. Well, tomorrow. Um, buy online, pick up in store. What's your rating for this book? I give it a five out of five. Do you want me to read my review that I put on Goodreads? So I posted also my boyfriend, shout out to my boyfriend material photo. It is my most like photo now on Instagram. It's my most engaged. The amount of, I have like 26 saved, like 26 people have saved that photo and I was like oh like damn that's my like most saved most liked photo but my um we hunted the flame so um one of the quotes this is my favorite quote um the darkness speaks to those who listen those who listen are those who've accepted the darkness and that's what um Nasir says when he finally like shows his magic and so I gave it a 15 plus and my spoiler free review goes, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. I got this book from At Nautical Reads and I'm so glad she sent it to me. Talk about a powerful female MC and a tall brooding other MC. Nasir is definitely one of my top bookish boyfriends now. If you're looking for a book with adventure, friendship, and twists, this is a book for you. If you love I Was Sent to Kill You love tropes, then this is book to buy. All the revelations in the last 100 pages, I sent Kate all my reactions and just wow. The side characters themselves are perfection, and I can't wait to see what happens in the next book. I went to go buy the second book today. So I finished it on Saturday, and I bought the second book on Saturday. And I I like to keep my reviews. I don't know if anybody else knows this, but I don't really go into depth analysis with my reviews because I don't like to be spoiled. When I like to see a review, I like to see the emotions of what the reader felt and like how it made them feel versus like, that's, I always talk about that. I like just need like one sentence review. I don't want to know what's about, I don't want, want to know what the book is about necessarily. I want to know how you felt reading the book. Um, kudos to people who do like an in-depth analysis. That's just not my thing. But that was my reaction to the books, to the book. How about you? Okay, so for sure, five out of five stars. Um, audiobook was everything. Um, I love the journey. I love the world building because that's definitely like my my bread and butter. Like I love world building and magic building and everything. That's definitely like one of the most things that I annotate in a book. Um, and I just love like the found family trope. I love the enemies to lovers trope. I love like the the way that mystery unfolded with the story. Like it is kind of like a slow start with the journey, but then as like things start picking up, it like really picks up and like, you really don't want to put it down once you get to like the last part of the book. And I just love um, just like the kind of um, way that each of the characters looked at themselves and how they saw other people was very good because I love the dual POVs because like that just means 
appreciate Nasir you went into Sarah's point of view and that's why you appreciate Vicky more when you saw her in his eyes. And I just love dual personalities because they just they're my well, I'm definitely going to be rereading this book often. It is of my top five favorite books. And it has been made clear to me that I have a book boyfriend in here already. Alta Year has chapters now in the second book. <gasps> yes. yes. Zafira. I was hoping that he did because I'm like, he's, he's trapped. He needs to have chapters. Stop looking forward through it. But to be honest, I'm probably not going to get to read it. I'm going to hopefully read it this month. Um, I have to finish. Okay, I, I needed to talk to you about this. So we know that this book is definitely everybody. Everybody here is a POC character. But somebody, you remember when Lauren, we have a book chat. Um, she was talking about how somebody gave the diversity rating on this book low do you remember what she said about that and we kind of had this conversation before the idea of a character being pale but like not because Zafira is described as pale but she's still a person of color yeah she's a very pale skinned um not like she's not like me skin, but she's not white yeah like, like it's almost like me in a sense, like right now, how I look in the camera. Yeah, because like you definitely look paler now than what you normally are. That's because you're just washed out with the light. Um, but and like, I think that has to do with like also the region that she lives in, and it's been almost a hundred years that that. Like, I'm not saying that that has like immediate effect on like their genealogy and how they look, mm -hmm. but um, she's just she just she's described as paler, but. I found the review, and I'm not going to say the person's name or anything, but they talked about how there's a lack of diversity in this book. And I really, it really peeved me a little bit because this book, every single character is like, I get it. Yes, you're looking for other representations. And like, yeah, but they mainly fake focus on like skin colors and race for this book. I had a problem. And that's with that fine. Yeah, yeah, like that's fine. But my problem was that, like they were saying that they weren't dark enough, and that the characters took more of an Eastern European Eurocentric. And I was like, did you not read the character descriptions? Like, just because they say she's pale, doesn't automatically mean she's white. The colored eyes too. Yeah, like is like it's it's one it's fantasy two. There are people of color who have like beautifully blue eyes. Like I've seen a mixed man and he had the most gorgeous blue eyes. There are so many um, Desis, like, I don't know exactly. Yes. They're, they're, I know for a fact they're, they're Desi and they have like really, like really pale skin, not like super, super pale, but pale skin and they have green. Yeah, like. Eyes, it's not a thing that a person of has to have really really brown skin yeah. eyes and brown hair that's not the universal poc that's not it yeah and that that was my one issue with like one of the reviewers said is like there wasn't enough diversity and i think there's a problem like we even talked about this in book club where this is there's this problem that 
if you're not dark enough, you're not considered like a person of color and stuff. And I'm just being me because I looked at the woman's profile and she's white. And it's like this white savior complex that she's having right now. But like, obviously these all of these characters are POC. Like even Altair is a person of color. Like yes, he has blonde hair, but he's a person of color. And I think just because you have blue eyes and you're pale, and he's saffron, saffron. Yeah. Like, like, he's not human. Um, he's, we didn't even get to that. He has pointy ears. That was a big revelation. He has pointy ears. Honestly, I gotta give kudos to him for wearing that turban so much that nobody knew that he had pointed ears. I was like, okay. It was surprising. I mean, it had a lot of twists and turns, and that's why I really liked the book. It's because I didn't see what was coming. I think that's why I really liked it. It's because I, I, it does sometimes irk me when I can tell what's coming, and I know it's going to happen. I'm like, fuck, I don't really want to read this anymore. But like, This one had very subtle, very light foreshadowing. Like, that's the problem with certain books. Like, you know, things are coming because there's a lot of foreshadowing. Like, that's why you see things coming. Like, you in From Blood and Ash, you see things, how certain characters will play out because there's foreshadowing in the beginning, you know? But it's nice for a book that to not have that and then just happen. I really yeah. like it. It was a nice poly cleanser. But as far as, like, the POC rep, <laughs> girl, please, like, come I on. I know, I'm like, I'm like, this is literally written by a person of color. You think they're going to make white people in here? Like, I'm sorry. And like, mm-hmm. like else, it's just like, you have to realize that certain books are not group. It's going to focus on one thing. One It's type. hard. You can it's- have multiple things, but some books can focus on one thing. They can focus on um, black indigenous personal color like that that'll be their, their 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 rep in the book the whole book will be about that it won't have lgbtq rep it won't have mental illness rep it won't have um disability rep it won't have any of these other types of representations it'll focus solely on one and i think people need to realize that not every book is going to have multiple types of diversity groups represented it'll focus on one It'll focus on main ones. And like, there are ones where like, they're like sprinkled in there, but it's not the main focus of the book. Where like, um, boyfriend material is an LGBTQ plus book. Whereas this book is a definitely like a, it's a Middle Eastern representation, um, Arab inspired book. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's perfectly fine because it's what the authors are, like it's the background of the authors that we have to like realize and I think when it comes to like finding rep and stuff in books we need to start promoting people of color authors of color I think that's what also our main problem is in like the publishing world is we lift these like sorry to put myself down but white people up and we and then we expect them to understand the struggles of pe- people of color we expect them to understand the people of people with disabilities and then to get it right in a book i think that is also like like they have this like idea of like no rep is like 
better than bad rep kind of thing but then they're also like well you don't have any rep in it and it's like i would not be okay with rep like writing like a Lat- latina character like for you like in the, our book i'm not like yes i'll help you with dialogue and stuff but i'm not gonna understand the struggles of those deeper yeah. things yeah yeah and that's why Because like, like I, I, my representation is I have a Russian heritage background. I, I, I come from an immigrant family. Like my dad is an immigrant. Like, and I've seen what happens to people who speak another language in a grocery store mm-hmm. in the middle of Texas. I've seen that. I've seen the way they look at you. I've seen the way you feel when you speak in Russian and you're just like, Oh, but then I've also seen the community that you get and the communities you find in certain places. Like Dallas has a huge Russian community. I'm getting off topic. We need to end this podcast. It is almost midnight. <laughs> but um, well, what we kind of want our takeaway to be is, it's just like, have fun reading books and enjoy the books because they are good books. But then also recognize the beauty and the stories that should be lifted up. You can read it whatever you want, but also acknowledge that there's some books that you might not have read yet, and those stories might end up becoming your favorites. Like I, um, I didn't really like um, A Thousand and One Arabian Nights as like a retelling story. It just didn't do it for me in other books that I have read previously with that retelling. But then when I read um, The Rise and the Dawn, it literally became one of my favorites. And then this one is now one of my top five favorite books. Like you never know what book is gonna come and be your favorite, but acknowledge the type of books that you're reading, acknowledge the type of authors that you're listening to and that you're reading about and read a book because you wanna read a book, because you enjoy it. And you if- have to read this because I need to have diversity because you want to read it yeah person of color yeah well thank you everybody for listening so much it is actually midnight where i'm at it is 11 49 my roommate is asleep i still need to like take a shower and upload because this video is upload because we need to get the thumbnail out tonight we need to get the instagram post out tonight i was supposed to post a quote from last episode and i've not got it up i'm sorry guys this has been a really stressful week for me um i'm not gonna get into it but we did have some unexpected news for my family so i've just been really stressed this week i've been trying to just cope with reading and I've been reading excessively. We all know I'm into smutty romance books and I started the The Deal series, which is the off-campus series by Ellie Kennedy. I'm done with that. I'm under the Briar U series now. The first book, two books in, the first book in each series are free and that's what hooked me. So I'm doing that. Um, I'm reading the new Kennedy Fox book now. I'm so excited. I'm part of their like ARC team. And I love it. I enjoy working with the Kennedy Fox ladies. Uh, Lyra, 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 and Brooke. I love them. But thank you guys listening. Um, Thank you guys for listening. 
um, especially shout out to our Spotify listeners. We have majority of our audience comes from Spotify, and I think that's impressive. Um, we have a lot of reoccurring Spotify listeners, which I appreciate, and I thank you so much for that. Um, uh, quick um, info drop. Um, just as a reminder, we will be doing our Quarter Silver Flames um, episode. It will be coming out um, next week, I believe. So we will... Um, nope, it is coming out next week. It's coming out next week. Um, we're going to upload our first episode on Wednesday. Um, it is a part two series, so I kind of like talking in like a softer voice. I don't know why. Um, I guess it's late for me. That's why I'm tired. Um, so it's going to upload on part one on Wednesday and then part two on, um, yeah, usual time on Fridays. Um, I'm not going to make it a premiere for the um, first one. So it'll just pop up on um, Spotify at the same time as the YouTube. We usually split it up, but on Wednesday, it's just going to be dropping at the same time at night. Um, it's going to be at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night. So keep an eye on that. It's going to be full of spoilers. So if you haven't read Accessive um, and you want to listen to the podcast, make sure that you read it first and then we'll dive into that. Um, and then we have a couple of plans that we want to show you guys, um, in come upcoming months. We do, um, want to start doing a couple of merchandise. We will keep you guys updated on that, but, um, I am so excited for some of the merchandise. I remember sitting down and sending you one of, okay, I'm going to spoil it. It's a enamel pin kind of design. And I sketched it in the middle of finance and I sent it over to Grace and Grace was like, yes let's do this and i'm really excited to see how it turns out we keep getting like advertisements for pin stuff and i'm just like grace we need to get on it but that's going to be in the working it might take a couple months um so we'll keep you updated um but we definitely plan on having a shop um for merch um yeah so let us know what kind of merch that you guys would like to see would you guys like t-shirts enamel pins things that you guys would like us to do um stickers stickers bookmarks anything that you guys think about doing um that we can start making for you guys books that you guys want to see uh, and also books that you guys want us to read on the podcast too um we will show uh release a lineup of books that we are going to be doing for the next couple of months so keep an eye out for that so you guys can read the books along with us um and that's Pretty much it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna post a poll actually tonight. So the night before we're filming this on Thursday night, I'm gonna post a poll up on the Instagram and I'm gonna ask, would y'all be interested in us doing live streaming for our episode? So like, it would be like a Saturday night at live streams and it would go up um, that, um, it wouldn't go up until like Friday, but if you come on Saturday, you get to watch us live. Or something like that. Um, if you're interested in that, let us know. Um, I'll put it on our Instagram. I'll put a bunch of polls up. I'm gonna do it tomorrow because I'm really tired tonight. Yes. So I'll put well, that up. It's yeah, it's gonna be tomorrow in like six minutes. Okay. So well, um, we'll keep you guys updated on that. And thank you guys for listening. Um, yes. And we'll see you guys next time. Yes. 
have a good have a good day evening whenever you're listening to this have a good, have day. A good day bye